Brought to you by FFD260 with your hosts, Joel and Alfredo. Hey everybody, welcome in to another episode of New Pod Order. Uh, I am Joel Davis and with me is just AJ Flores today. How you doing, AJ? Good, how you doing, dickhead Joel? <laughs> good, good. It's so nice that Nick isn't here to insult me, so now you're just going to have to make up for him. It's fantastic. I mean, I already felt insulted because you're like just AJ Flores. So, Well, yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. Well, you know, I got to talk down to you a little bit. Just, you know, it's been been too long. Yeah, Way it's too been, long. been like a week and a half since I had that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm already loving every minute of it. Yeah, well, I listened to listened to the pod that you all you all uh, put out a couple days ago, and seemed that Nick was not too enthused for week three, and uh, it didn't seem like you were too far behind him. It seems like on to week four was kind of the kind of the theme of the week, huh? Yeah, we're we're definitely at week four now, especially Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is already carrying my team. Yeah, I, I being a Chargers fan, as you know, it's just tough tough watching the NFL for me right now. So. You're on well, to week 17 in the golf. I'm on, yeah, I'm on to exactly. I'm on to, on to the Super Bowl, so I can go ahead and just play some bets. But let's go ahead and start the show off with some news and notes. Um, it seems that John Brown is going to play against the 49ers, so that should take a couple targets away from Larry Fitz. Um, you know, he's he's obviously not the smash play he was last week, and it definitely hurts J.J. Nelson. There have been some people that that are definitely on J.J. Nelson and hoping that he can be week-to-week fantasy viable, but definitely not with John Brown coming back. What do you and think about that, J.J.? I, I still like Jerron Brown, though, because John Brown yeah. just seems like he's got a lot of issues going on, and Jerron Brown played fairly well. As I said with Nick in the other pod, I, I still almost start him. Yeah, and you know John Brown's going to be out again before the end of the season. I would, I would bet money on it. It's just... He just can never stay healthy. He's just one of those guys, it seems like. Yes, you ain't kidding. Uh, and it says also Carlos Hyde is going to be a game-time decision uh, for that same game as well. Uh, Where did it, that come it, from? I didn't even hear anything about him being hurt in the Rams game. He was limited in practice, um, but there really hasn't been a whole lot of concern over whether or not he's actually going to play, though. But I guess he had a hip injury last week. But he should be fine, but it is something to monitor that you know, if he does go out there and, you know, start warming up and tweak something, it, it's just something to bear in mind that, that have a plan in place just in case because you don't want to be blindsided Sunday as you're already on your third beer, you're thinking everything's all gravy, and the next thing you know, boom, Carlos hides out, you don't even have Matt, Matt Breida, you look like a real asshole. Yeah. So, so... But I, but if if Hyde does play, which which it, it looks like he should, he uh, he's gonna be a, a great play. I mean, he's gonna get the volume, and he's just super talented. So many people were so wrong about him. Everybody everybody was 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 really talking a lot of shit about him preseason, and and I'm glad to see that he's he's definitely as talented as as we all 
thought he was at one point. You know, I'm going to be like a real asshole because I didn't start him last week. And if he's hurt this week and misses, I'm be even more mad because uh, he's already in my lineup, like locked. <sighs> well, I just actually made a trade for Carlos Hyde. I traded uh, Jordy Nelson and got Carlos Hyde in a second-round pick in 2018. So you, you sold Nelson. You think he's done for the year? Is that what's going on, or are you just a believer in Hyde now? No, I'm just super deep at receiver and had David Johnson on that team. So oh, I just really right. yep. just no sad news. We're just really needed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I don't want to talk about David Johnson. That's that is that is too sad. It, that's uh, that's something to talk about in like four weeks when he comes back or eight weeks. Um, Julio was removed from the injury report, so that's good news. Definitely. Um, Hopefully, and- get some red zone looks for once. Yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold your breath. Him and Amari are going to, going to amount for uh, the same amount of red zone looks as Michael Crabtree gets combined. Probably, <laughs> you ain't kidding. Yeah. So, um, and some a little more good news. Um, apparently, Ty Montgomery. I'm sure everybody was watching that game. That that now that was a Thursday night game. We we haven't had a good Thursday night game like that in two weeks. And by good Thursday night game, I mean you know terrible. Almost unwatchable. One team either blows out the other, and that was a great Thursday night. By just super exactly. So then it was a great Thursday night. Everybody got hurt. It was just not watchable. It just wasn't very good. There was a forty-five minute delay, and it was just just a big pain in the ass of a game. Um, But Ty Montgomery, uh, we thought he broke his ribs. It was looking like he was going to be out two to four weeks. And now reports are saying that he actually will play. He's day to day and can play in Week Five because uh, Green Bay obviously they have an extended uh, amount of time because they have, I think, ten days because they played on Thursday. Yeah, I I was starting to really like keeping Aaron Jones on my team at one point because Jamal Williams went out too, and I was like, ooh, and Guru was trying to trade for Aaron Jones. So if Aaron Jones becomes fantasy relevant, which could happen because Montgomery's been pretty beaten up over the last. 16 games it seems like he doesn't have the body to take on all those touches but jamal williams uh did end up being okay and i I don't think we're gonna see one or the other i think we're gonna see a combination of both and and if that that's if ty montgomery does miss extended amount of time and if he does i would expect they would have to sign somebody because they just they don't have the depth right now so they actually drafted three rookie running backs so they would have three still on the roster I thought I, I could be wrong. Dades, I could be wrong. Unless but, they cut him. But I thought I was saying I thought they oh, either no. cut him. Devonta Mays, I think his name is. But he might be on the practice squad. Either I know they I know they cut their two receivers that they drafted. But yeah. either way, um, uh, if he does play this week, I mean, I'm or if he does play this this coming week, I'm still going to play him. Um, Montgomery is still. I mean, he's just such a such a good volume play. I mean, you you want Aaron Rodgers caddy, and and that's that's it. He's He's that dude, and he's – I mean, it's crazy, though, because he runs so upright. Like, he runs standing straight up. Yeah. And you just feel like he is just going to get just obliterated. But, dude, he's he's tough, and he is he has really turned into to a fun running back to watch play. Talking about obliterated, Devontae Adams. He oh, man. I, smashed. Dude, that was bad. Yeah, and Trevathan, he just got suspended for two games. And, dude, he totally deserves it. I mean, it was, it was a bad helmet-to-helmet. And, oh, dude, I, I hate that. And, I mean, it's it's not just about about Devontae Adams on my fantasy team or anything. I just hate when anybody gets hurt. I, I'm, I'm sure we've said this before, but it just 
it sucks to see any elite athlete, which all of these players are elite athletes. If you're in the NFL, you are a freak of nature. You are, you know, one of the best athletes in the world. So to see any of them get hurt, it's just it's just shitty because we always want to see all of the best, you know, compete to really see who is truly the best. But yeah, that was a shitty hit, and he and, he lined him up and gave yeah, I mean, dead dead top of the helmet to his. It face. was yeah, and I just I hope Devonte Adams can recover, and I hope that he can he can come back and and you know sooner rather than later. Um, uh, another questionable: uh, Jameson Crowder and Rob Kelly and Jordan Reed. You whole bunch of, put their whole offense on. Whole bunch, yeah. I would say a whole bunch of Redskins are all questionable for Monday Night Football. Um, it, I think Rob Kelly is is going to play. I guess he he practiced today on Saturday. Uh, Jamison Crowder, I guess, has a hamstring, and that's man. I hate, really hate that. I, I'm probably not, probably not starting Crowder. I, I wasn't. I'm kind of holding off on him right now. Anyways, he hasn't really looked too great. Um, I mean, last last week kind of burned me a little bit in one league, but it is what it is. Uh, and Jordan Reed, he's uh, that dude stays questionable. I mean, I, I don't know right what now. to do. Yeah, I, I don't think know he what to be do. Should be in a full body cast right now because <laughs> chest, shoulder, and toe. Like before, it was just t- toe. Now it's chest, shoulder, and toe. Like dude needs head and shoulders. Oh, for sure. And and if Jordan Reed doesn't play, and you need tight end Vernon Davis, you know, I mean, he was smashed yeah, last, last week. week. Yeah, he won. He won me money in DraftKings, um, and you know, he's definitely a good. I guess he's available in in over seventy five percent of Yahoo leagues. So well over well over a lot of leagues that he's available in. Um, so the basically, I would have a lot in place if you're relying on. Jordan Reed, Jameson Crowder, or Rob Kelly, but if you are, your team's probably not looking too hot. So, no, yeah. So you've probably got, got some more things to worry about other than that. Yeah, um, So the, there's a report. Uh, the Office of Coordinator Clyde Christensen had said about Jay Ajayi uh, that, quote, Jay is our horse, but third down is a good time to rest him because we have two guys that can really catch and make big plays. Obviously, the two guys he's referring to are Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake. Um, so what do you what do you think about that? They're kind of wanting to preserve him by uh, taking him out on third downs. That that obviously obviously isn't what we want to hear. Any Ajayi owner wants to hear. I think that last year Damian Williams was getting a lot of touches. It seemed like there was a couple weeks where I could have played him over some of the other guys, but just because of the nature of how that offense was looking with Jay, that I didn't feel comfortable starting him. Um, but Damian, if he's going to get be like a third down Vereen back type player like New York's got with their running backs, mm-hmm. then he could possibly become a potential flex play. Yeah, and I mean, especially with with Cutler, I mean, he obviously had, had Jarvis Landry as a safety valve big time um, last game. But, you know, Cutler's going to have to just throw short and and if Damian Williams coming out, even if they put him out in the slot, he could end up seeing a fair amount of targets. And and it really it really is kind of a scary thing for Ajayi owners because he definitely was a little less involved in the passing game last week. Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake were both out there more. And you know people that 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 have shares in Ajayi, they've paid a lot for him, and you have a lot of draft capital. And you know people are people are taking him. 
over Melvin Gordon, over over Shady. And right now you look at Melvin Gordon, and it's tough to find other than short of of uh, you know Sean McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, and Kareem Hunt. Melvin Gordon's got about his whole team's workload, and it doesn't look like that's going to change. Now it's looking like Ajayi is going to more of a committee, which everybody's in a committee, but we really didn't think he was. So it's it's definitely something to monitor, but obviously you're starting him every week. So. I can't I – can't, the first part of this whole thing is suspect because you can't, they contradict themselves. Jay is our horse, but third down is a good time to rest him, so we're going to rest him. So is he your horse or is he not a horse? Like, well, I'm going to almost believe that last week that they were in so much because, one, they were down, and, two, they were losing by so much that it was the Jets. It wasn't worth the, them to risk true. their player to get them hurt in a game that they were going to lose anyways. That is true. And, and I mean, it's not like like in a good game where they're close and they're trying to win, they're going to take one of their best players out to put in Damian Williams or, or Kenyon Drake. But – they're definitely going to monitor because they want to keep him healthy because they they believe injury issues yeah 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 you know obviously his knee everybody i've heard everybody in the world say his knee is quote a ticking time bomb and you know you want to preserve that in, in as much as you can but yeah i i don't think it really takes a huge hit for his value especially in in uh, redraft leagues yeah i almost don't worry about it until we see a couple more weeks of game film or see stat like snap counts and all that stuff. They're only they're only in week two. They they still got fourteen games left without a bye now. So I I, I do the three game rule with players for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, speaking of some other coach coach talk that probably doesn't mean anything. Did you see that Bill O'Brien said that Deontay Foreman is an every down back? He believes he's an every down back. You know, I think Miller's been losing some work, so he they could be getting ready to dump Miller. I don't know what kind of deal they got with Miller left. I know he's only in the second year of it, if I'm not mistaken, and they signed him for a decent amount of money. I don't know what the dead cap is or if they plan on trading him before the deadline because that team's just looking to go pretty young, it looks like. I mean, he's people were acting like he had stone hands and he couldn't do anything in the passing game. Well, he really was almost involved more in the passing game than Lamar Miller was last week. And, and he looked, I mean, you know, he passed the eye test for what that's worth. He, he looked like he sure knew what he was doing running out of the backfield. And that's, that's a big ta- big time for rookies because that's usually a big disconnect is not being able to be a pass catching back in a rookie season. So, I mean, who knows? It, it could be one of those one of those situations where by the end of the year, it's Deontay Foreman's job. And, and I don't think I would be surprised at all if it's sooner rather than later. I think we might even end up looking at like an, a Cincy last year deal where it's back and forth between Miller and Foreman, kind of how it was to Hill and uh, Bernard, mm-hmm. to where you can't really rely on either of them to start in your lineups after a while, which kind of blows because the price you pay for Miller was like probably fourth or fifth round, I'm guessing, to be drafted. Yeah, you definitely – well, where you invested draft capital in him, where you drafted him, I mean, you are basically playing on, on playing him every single week. And at this point, I mean, he's he's looking almost not startable in, in a lot of formats. I mean, standard leagues, he's, he was almost benchable last week in the third week. And that's, that's not 
not good. I think it's it's also one of the situations where the running back value might take a hit because of Deshaun Watson. You know, sort of how when a young Cam Newton uh, in that Panthers offense really took a lot of the value away from the running back because of his mobility. And it, it definitely is is something to monitor. For sure, for sure. I can't I, – I didn't really – invest a lot in him last week he was running back 42 in ppr deandre washington and brandon oliver finished higher than he did guys that are pretty low and foreman had three three more points or so and finished running back 28 so he was almost borderline too he was definitely for sure a a flex yeah it's it's definitely definitely been a crazy year so far and and uh, speaking of speaking of a crazy year, I'm, I'm expecting tomorrow to be pretty. We're we're recording this in the in the past on on Saturday, and I'm expecting tomorrow Sunday to be pretty great because my Chargers are gonna whoop your Eagles' ass, and it's gonna be just just so glorious because you know they're in this 0-3 spot, and everybody's just counting them out. Eagles are coming across to LA to that huge packed stadium. That might have almost over ten thousand people in it. The Rams it's gonna get be more crazy. fans than you do. Hey, hey, shut up! The you Rams, shut up. The Rams at least have some wins already too. Well, <laughs> you know what? You're just hurting my feelings now. That just that you're just, just gonna be upset <laughs> when the Eagles beat your team with like their biggest defensive piece gone and Fletcher Cox. I think we we're getting back though, which is nice. Rodney McLeod. A safety, so that helps the no-fly zone help out there. Uh, but their offense is pretty healthy still. The only question would be is who plays at left guard. But uh, Bosa is going to definitely be a big problem, I think. I think the other guy's like Ingram, right? Linebacker? Yeah. Um, those, those two are like the biggest issues I see. And then Verrett was questionable or game-time decision? Yeah, Verrett, uh, I believe Verrett is playing, though. Um, but the, I mean, Melvin's a little banged up. He's going to be fine, but it's definitely something to monitor. It's not, not looking, it's Bone not looking great. for Gordon, right? Migo? Well, it's not looking great for my, for my chargers, man. They're just, just looking. You, you <laughs> just said they were going to kick my team's ass. Were you just hyped for a second and realized you were talking about the chargers? No, nah, I was just, or just were you talking. too many beers, too many beers in. I was just I was just making trying to make some good content for the podcast, man. And then then it took about thirty seconds for reality to set in and it's like, Oh yeah, you're a Chargers fan. Alright, so we're we making yeah. a bet here, whoever loses gets their team named by the winner for the rest of the year. Oh whatever. That's fine. In the in the FFD two sixty league, we can do that. That's fine. It's whatever. And I'm basically making this bet knowing it's a stupid fucking bet. Just so stupid. Because you think, all right, well, if your team wins, I'm going to come back to you and be like, how fucking stupid was your bet? Because you're not a real <laughs> believer. Well, we will see. We will see tomorrow, my friend. Uh, well, let's let's move on to some segments. Uh, we've got a couple new segments for everybody today. Uh, the first one being what I like to call time and place. Uh, basically, these guys that we're going to discuss are just some different guys that Maybe in a different time, a different place, here in a year or so, maybe their contract's up, or maybe if they get traded somewhere else, that that uh, we really like maybe their talent or something about them that we could see them 
uh, you know, being in a better situation one day and, and maybe being a fantasy asset. Um, you want to start off, AJ, or would you like me to go with my first guy? Go with your first guy, man. I'm I'm going to have to get a little research going here. I'm taking yeah, some guys. Um, my, one of my time and place guys is Tyler Higby. Uh, Tyler Higby, tight end for the Rams. Um, a lot of people were having him as a breakout candidate this year. Uh, basically, you know, Jared Goff, it's his, this is his uh, second year in the league and uh, hoping to come in and make some connections. But, you know, he he's a really, really young, good young tight end. And I think that, you know, if he went to a different offense, a different place, that he really could be be more of a reliable fantasy starter. It's just there's so many – it's crazy to say this, but – there's so many mouths to feed in that Rams offense now. Between Cooper Cup, Sammy Watkins, and you know Todd Gurley, their number one receiver now. So it's it's tough to get for the tight end to really get a lot of targets. But you know I would like to see you know maybe in a different time and place what he could do with a little bigger workload. Yeah, I, I like that take. My take for a different time and place is Terrell Pryor right now. Looking at him, where he's at on this on the wide receiver chart through three weeks. He is 64th overall, 169th, like all positions included here um, for mm-hmm. points. Uh, it's just like, I don't know what Kirk Cousins is doing. I mean, they're still winning games, but Pryor is not like anywhere near where he was last season. I don't even think he might even break 1,000 yards this year. So if he's yeah. in a different time and place with maybe a quarterback that will look at him, or maybe there's just film on him, I, I don't know, we'll see. It really seems as though uh, a coaching change in Washington has made a big difference this year, as you know a lot of people a lot of people were were thinking, and it really seems it has. Washington's offense has not been able to move the ball as well. Kirk Cousins has definitely looked like not not the overhyped quarterback that a lot of people were hoping he would be. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Terrell Pryor, you know, if if it could have been. Him instead of Brandon Cooks or whatever in New England, we'd be loving Terrell Pryor's wide receiver one right now. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, another guy, time and place guy, Dwayne Allen. And and I not, not to say that I think Dwayne Allen is a good receiver or a good tight end, and I don't know why I have so many tight ends on this list, I just realized, but he uh, he's just an athletic freak. And, you know, drops don't really – I know this might sound dumb, but drops don't matter – as much in in football as we really think they do, there there are plenty of guys. Mike Evans, Brandon Marshall has had a, made a career off of drops, but obviously behind Gronk, here's my thing with Dwayne Allen. He might already be in the right place, but it just might not be the right time yet. If Gronk goes down, Dwayne Allen instantly becomes in in my eyes a tight end one, and he basically has a two touchdown upside every single week. So. Uh, do you have another? Do you have another time and place guy? Yeah, now that I'm looking at it, um, <laughs> looking at Treadwell, man, I don't know what it is. I'm infatuated with Laquan. Uh, might just because he's from Crete, but he needs a different time and place because Diggs is a breakout, and you got Thielen there already. So and Rudolph. So there's like not a lot of targets left after those three guys get looks. Um, and Treadwell was hurt a lot last year. If he gets a different place, it could be his time to shine. I mm. think he's. Fairly gifted wide receiver, uh, and he should be able to put up some nice weeks to come in the future, I would hope. 
Not with this Vikings team, though, because they just got a lot of mouths, and it's no room for him to eat. It was it was going to be so hard for Treadwell to ever live up to his hype, especially going to the situation he went to with with really as many receivers that, that are in that offense. And, yeah, I, I believe that it's – it would be very interesting to see what what he could do with with a bigger workload and, and a different different offense. Uh, my last got so many guys. I like Cook, Rudolph Thielen broke <clears throat> out late last year and is still performing this year. And then Diggs was for whatever reason just ungodly right now. He's so good. Catches. Diggs yeah, is so so good, man. It's just ridiculous. But go ahead, carry on. Uh, my third and final time and place guy. Tristan might seem a little odd because people are almost acting like this is his breakout season, but I disagree. I think that he has so much a higher potential. This is Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson is a good running back and probably the best receiver on the Browns. And they're probably never going to let him go. He's probably going to die in Cleveland, a sad man. But it would be great to see what he could do in an offense that actually throws touchdowns and – can can move the ball because you know now now Deshaun Kaiser Deshaun Deshaun whatever he does he does have a cannon he he does he absolutely's got a monster of an arm but I just I don't know if he has it you know in between the ears as, as they say and Browns are still just just bad man but yeah Duke Johnson he he's just so fun to watch play dude did you see have you seen the one handed catches I mean he he is legitimately so fun to watch play but then you're like oh yeah brown uniform never mind it's 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 sad it is it's kind of sad i mean they said they were going to get him more involved as a wide receiver and he got like hardly any looks there and crowell's like running with like cinder blocks on his feet because he ain't getting anything done because he's bad because he's not good i don't know why they don't start duke johnson there it's just kind of baffling to me as to why he's not overtaken Crowell yet, and he should have already. And their their wide receiver situation is kind of like muck. It's like you got Higgins, who was supposed to be like a breakout after the one week where he's now he was leading the team like targets when Corey Coleman went down, and he didn't really do anything last week. Kenny Britt came to life and got a touchdown. Like what? What the fuck's going on here? Oh uh, yeah, the, it's well. You know, it's it's not one that I really want to plant my flag in and say I told you so, but everybody was trying to tell me how good the Browns are going to be this year. And, you know, let's let's look at it now. Week three, how does everybody feel about that? Um, do you have any more any other time and place, guys, or anything else you want to say about uh, Duke Johnson? I think the Browns actually could be better if Miles Garrett was on the field. That would be my biggest issue there. Um, I, I had a time and place guy, but it kind of just left my brain. Because I'm so stumped on why Duke Johnson isn't more of what he is. Or more than what he is. Uh, it, I, it just hurts my brain. I'm Miles gonna... Garrett, by the way, is um, targeting. They're trying to get him back week five. He's already ruled out for week four. Oh, yeah. My next time in place guy would be in my last one. As much as I love Amir in Lions offense, it's just not working. You'd think a guy that could pass that much, he'd get more points. Yeah, he's RB29 right now, but he should Not with Theoretic, be, man. He should definitely be running better than what he is. He should probably be 
I want to say top 20 for sure where Mark Ingram's at at least or better because Ingram's getting more work than or less work than Kamara or Kamara is Kamara's seen a lot of snaps and a lot of touches yeah I actually really like Kamara I think he's he's going to be a, a fun guy to watch I don't think he's ever going to be somebody that is going to be a fun weekly play but he's going to have a lot of big weeks um but yeah, I, I agree with you. Amir, Amir's a great one. You know, Theo's. What did you say? Amir's rank was right now twenty six. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Theo is twenty eight. So yeah, they're right next to each other. So so it's yeah, it's too much. Too much. They just love Theo so much, and Theo gets hurt. And I don't get it. And speaking of hurt players, Crabtree just got like moved to downgrade, been downgraded to doubtful for tomorrow's game now. So I still don't like anybody in that offense against Denver. Besides maybe Jared Cook, who I said to start. Yeah, that's that's good news for Amari owners, though. They they love to hear that. Which we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that here here soon. Okay. Uh, there any more time and place, guys? Before we move on to our next segment. Nope. I'm I've voiced my opinion. Uh, time, and, <laughs> time and place right now is Chris Carson season, and we'll see that tomorrow against Nick's Colts tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm I'm loving Chris Carson, man. I got him for for free, and he's he's looking like somebody who might shape up to be a nice little di- free dynasty ad. Maybe, maybe it's his time it, and place to be to break out. To break out. <laughs> uh, well, our next segment is called preseason flip flop. Uh, these are some players that uh, preseason, you know, we we thought about them one way, and through three games, a quarter of the fantasy season. We are already flip flopped on them, and our view has changed. Uh, do you you want to go first, or you want me to? Uh, my preseason flip flop view is Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. I was not a believer in that he would go up as much as he has. I know his like borderline RB one or not RB one wide receiver one last year, um, but right now he's ranked sixth in PPR as overall wide receivers. And I just did not see that happening. I thought there was too many mouths to feed. The the Edelman injury definitely helped his stock rise some. Uh, but Tom Brady's throwing for ungodly yards right now, 364 a game, and like I think he's not going to stop like 50, either. Man, two touchdowns like on pace yeah. for that, no interceptions through three games. So they're they're holding the ball pretty well. Yeah, I I liked. I mean, I was I was pretty high on Cooks preseason. But I, I guess I didn't really think about the fact that he basically has two touchdown upside any given week. Uh, I mean, just just the way that that offense works—that all, all he has to do is get free one time, and and you know he's got Tom Brady at the helm. So, uh, well, my I like, I like that. Uh, that's that's a good take. A lot of people, a lot of people are really, really one way or the other with Cooks. It seemed like. Yeah, I was definitely on the other end of that Cooks. Mm-hmm. I definitely thought he would finish like low end wide receiver too. Uh, my first preseason flip flop is Jordan Howard. Uh, I know a lot of people are actually. It's funny because I was actually really low on Jordan Howard, and I'm much higher on him now than I was before the season started. And you would think with with the emergence of Tariq Cohen that I know a lot of people were trying to sell him and get rid of him, and they think that I I don't know what they think because if you actually watch the Bears play. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen complement each other very well. They're, they are they're not, the Bears. They're, yeah, exactly. 1,000%. 1, 1, they are the Bears. So 
you know, Jordan Howard is just a big bruising back. He does what he does very well. And he's, he's basically what we wanted Jeremy Hill to be, except he's just good. <laughs> and he yeah, can, yeah. he can hit holes and he is fast and it, it is hard to bring him down. But yeah, he, he already just looks just like he is, he is worthy of the draft pick that, that you took him at. I almost took a prop bet on him last week or Thursday night against the Bears or the Packers that he would score a touchdown. And the odds were like, I think it was like plus 325 for him to score a touchdown. And I should have took it. That would have been like the easiest money I thought, in my opinion already, that Jordan is like the offense. It's either him or Cohen would score the touchdown. And obviously, you got one. Yeah, I mean, I still really like Tariq Cohen, and I wasn't really high on him preseason per se. I don't think anybody was super high on Tariq Cohen, but you know, he's not—he's not a sustainable back. He's going to have a lot of down weeks, just the same as—I mean, he, when he's going to boom, he's going to be great, and you know, he—he he has the potential to catch two touchdowns. But his floor is is very very low. Jordan Howard yeah. is, is going to be a much safer play any given week, and. And you know, really, you can't, you just can't compare them just because they're such different players. It's hard too to take Tariq and play him every week because I think it was against the Steelers when Jordan went off again. I had him on my bench, but he had a hundred and like twenty-eight or thirty-eight rushing yards on so many carries, and he led the Bears in receptions with like five catches for twenty-five yards, which I thought was shocking that he led both of those categories for the Bears, and they won against the Steelers. Like, Dude, it, it's. I'm telling you, it's not just that. It's watching him run. I mean, the first time he never goes down at first point of contact ever. The first guy that, that touches Jordan Howard, it's basically just like, all right, there's there's the first guy. Now who's the guy that's actually going to bring him down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, definitely. He's, he's just a big guy, big boy. Do you he's have you have any more preseason flip-flops? you have another one? The Crowell, man. Everybody, I almost <sighs> sold – a 1.09 to get Crowell and what? And what? the guy, the guy told me That's so no. much. The guy told so me no. much. The guy told me no. So I was like, all right, whatever. I ended up selling that 1.09 to somebody else, and I got oh, it was Nick. I sold it to Nick, and I ended up getting two 19 ones, a two later into that draft, and Jeffrey for Corey that one and another two. But Crowell, man, I thought he was gonna be something after everybody was hyping him up. And I almost wanted to buy Duke too, just so I could hold that that backfield in, because they're one of them's got to break out sometime. And yeah. right now I'm liking Duke more than Crowell. I definitely thought Duke was going to get phased out out of the, of that team. Yeah, I made a bet with Jeff Miller of uh, DLF that Crowell would finish worse than uh, 16 in PPR format. Um, and the loser has to periscope themselves eating a head of lettuce. Wow. So right now <laughs> you're beating that by 24 spots because he is RB40. But but he'll end up a lot closer to that. Uh, I mean, he'll end up a lot closer to RB16, but but maybe not because he's just he's just another guy. I, I know that that's a term that everybody uses, but it's it's the perfect term. He is just another guy. He is nothing special. And... And I, I always think of him and Terrence West as like the same person, just because they are just they remind me so much of one they're, another. They're just, warm bodies to fill a, a backfield. Exactly, hundred percent, one hundred percent. Andre Ellington's ahead of him, and Joe Mixon, and Mixon hasn't even got that many looks yet. But and Mixon is about to explode this week too. Uh, this is 
this is his his week, man. He's going to the OC change is probably for the better. Yeah, definitely. Um, my next preseason flip flop, and this one kind of makes me sad because I own a fair amount of him, is Jameis Winston. Uh, I really was thinking, man, this is, and I, I don't know, we're only three weeks in. This is all, all of these are way too soon reactions. I, I should probably have said that before we started. These, these are probably all way too soon, and, and we're going to look like fools tomorrow morning or tomorrow Cruella afternoon. Cruella is not too soon. It's no, no, Cruella is not too soon. No, 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 he's, he's bad. Um, but, but just through three games, basically what we've seen and what we, what we believe. And Jameis, dude, Jameis is not not looked like what we were hoping he would. He's he's looking like he's basically just a gunslinger that doesn't care if he throws interceptions and isn't really I mean he's he's obviously super on, on a super good offense. He's got all these weapons around him. So you would think that he's, you know, going to going to explode for at least a good 3 4 touchdowns, but you know, as long as he's throwing two, two, three interceptions, it's it's not looking good for him, man. I think somebody posted a stat through the two or three seasons he's had. He's never finished as a QB1 for a week, which I thought was ridiculous. Like, I didn't think it was real, and I looked. He was never a QB1, like, ever in a, in a week. He was never top 12 QB. He's always well, been QB2. So I, was, so I, I can agree with that flip-flop there. Because uh, I did think he would be a lot better with Evans, DJX, and then Brayton OJ. But that's what I'm saying, man. We'll what when, is going on? We'll see what happens when Doug gets back next week. If that helps him out any, and I don't know, Doug. Doug can't be any worse than he's been the last couple of years. So this this one doesn't count, but it, I'm gonna say it anyways. Saying James Winston also makes me think Mar- Marcus Mariota, dude. Another one I flip flopped on. I if you would have preseason asked me who I think is has potential to have a better career and, and who's going to be better, I would have said Jameis. And I know a lot of people were saying Marcus over Jameis, but I was not one of those. And now I think it's not very close, honestly. I think I think Mariota and the Titans, they are looking for real. And Tampa Bay looks fine. Their defense is not good. But, but Jameis has definitely still got a lot to work on. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree there. My preseason flip-flop that's good right now is Todd Gurley. I definitely was not into having him on my team rostered anywhere. And then I orphaned a team and now I'm like, thank God I didn't sell him week one or week two. And then week three happened and he just busted off. And I'm just like, I guess Jared Goff makes a difference to an extent, but he does have a big workload. So I should have not been down on him. Um, He is running back two right now and third overall PPR. So um, I just didn't think that, that that team would go anywhere or that Gurley would be as good as he is and all these touchdowns that he's getting. I mean, I don't think anybody thought Gurley was going to do what <laughs> what he's doing right now, but he, he's definitely due for some regression. Clearly, he, you know, he's going to see some TD regression, but his usage, man, is just through the roof. That's that's what that's what Sean McVay does, though. He he puts the balls or he puts the balls in the hands of the best players. There's anyway. only one they play with though. Like there's only one ball on the field at a time. But he puts the ball in the hands of his best players. And, you know, the way Gurley's being used, it's tough for me to to say who I really would want over him in a redraft league right now. 
there's not too much. I mean, not too many. Kareem would be the only one, and we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, I have one more preseason flip flop, and I think this one's going to surprise you. All right, I'm waiting for it. Mike Williams. And I know that sounds weird. He hasn't played. And oh, it your sounds, Chargers sounds, boy? My Chargers Mike Williams, yes. Uh, I'm, if, it's, if you're going down on Mike Williams, I already told no, you before I'm, the season started. I'm going, no, I'm going up on Mike Williams. Oh, boy. They're saying he might play week five now. Now, now here we are, week, heading into week four. Corey Davis isn't playing. John Ross has played one play. <laughs> and and two, fumbled. Whatever. And, and fumbled. Gone. And now Mike Williams, who was before the season started a huge bust and was already considered the worst pick is now looking like he might be playing <laughs> in week five or six while Corey Davis and John Ross aren't. And you know, now, now the mouths defeat and workload, yada, 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 that has to be determined. But my point is, is I think we way overreacted preseason to Mike Williams, especially his dynasty value. And honestly, he might end up being a decent ad later in the season in a redraft league. I just can't buy a guy that's got like a broken neck that was almost placed on the IR for the year. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, he's fine. He's fine. And then it was kind of just like a hit or miss thing. And now you're talking, he might play week five. I, I can't do it. I'm not flip flopping yet. I have, no, to, no, see, I'm I have not. to see, I have to see him play first and get a couple weeks underneath him. Even though that's kind of how it was for OBJ, like, like three years ago or whatever. That I had the opportunity. I looked at picking him up, and I was like, oh, he's got a hamstring issue. He's not going to be anything. And then next week, I had like a low waiver, and OBJ was gone. So, <laughs> Well, I it's not one I feel strongly about. It's just just basically we, we started off saying, oh, no, he might not even play his rookie year. You know, that's, that's where we were at preseason. Yeah. He might not play his rookie year. He might sit out half the year. And, and now they're eyeing week five or six. It's just it's just something that I thought was it's kind of funny that showed how how instant our reaction can be, even from a dynasty perspective. You know, people in dynasty league saying that Mike Williams is a terrible pick. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! He hasn't even played in the game yet. There hasn't even been a snap yet. You know, we need to calm down. I mean, uh, if I want to flip flop on one of my players, I'm flip flopping Smallwood because I've went back and forth like three times now, mm-hmm. and I thought he's gonna be a, like a lead back. And then all of a sudden they signed Blunt, so I was like, yep, he's gone. Like, buried depth chart now. And then Sproles got hurt, which is very depressing because that would have been like a a return game to San Diego for him, which sucks. Uh, But now that Sproles is gone again, uh, Smallwood has a chance to to break out and hopefully lead this team. It's not a good breakout spot, man. Chargers defense is for real. Joey Bosa is going to eat Wendell Smallwood and Carson Wentz's lunch. They're going to run whatever way Joey Bosa's not at. He's everywhere. He's, he's not JJ. He's, he's, he's going to be. He's before one it's all J said, less. Before it's all said and done, he, he will be. <laughs> he's one J less than JJ Watt. Do you have any more, uh, any more preseason flip-flops? Nope, I'm good. And now a word from our sponsor. Check out Pristine Auction. Where there are daily auctions with no minimums. So get your autographed memorabilia needs at pristineauction.com. All right, our next segment is called Believe It or Not. And I'm just going to start off with probably one of the scariest players that that uh, everybody's been just freaking out about. Le'Veon Bell. 
Oh, I should probably explain the segment first. This this segment, uh, whether or not through three grain three games, we believe three grains. Uh, wh- three grains through three games, if we believe uh, whether or not what the player has been doing is is what is going to continue to happen. Um, so I'm gonna start off with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, what do you think? Are you you believe in that that Le'Veon wasn't wasn't worth the draft pick that we've invested in him? Fuck. No, I don't believe it. I believe that man is worth every penny that I paid in a lot of leagues to get him involved. They're going to to keep Big Ben alive. That they're going to need to use Le'Veon. And all I mean, he's like leading the league in snaps at running back position. I think he's at like ninety something percent. Don't know the exact number, but he's definitely like near the top, like almost to a hundred, like almost the full hundred percent. I just think. Him missing preseason, obviously, he probably wasn't conditioned uh, correctly or doing like t- he doesn't he didn't know if there was playbook updates and all that stuff. So or they were just punishing him on usage, you know, because he would miss. And they're like, well, you didn't show up, so you don't get the fucking football. Well, when Le'Veon was suspended for it was four games he was suspended for, correct? Three, I think it turned out to be three. At or end. yeah, I'm sorry, it ended up being three games. Uh, he was suspended for three games and then ended the season. As a top five, I'm not sure if a top five overall fantasy uh, player, but I know as a top five fantasy back. So he's he's at 15 right now, and you know I, it, it's we'll never truly know what what's gone on. What what I think is is the the big, biggest possibility is obviously he wasn't with the team, he wasn't practicing, you know, he wasn't. I mean, not not that he wasn't in condition, but in good condition, but it definitely makes a difference. Not not being with your team and and just showing up the day of. Um, you but yeah, his overall number nine in PPR last year after missing three games. At nine, yes, okay, so he finished. Nine, and I think he averaged. I think he was like top two in average though per okay. game. So he finishes. So he finishes top. Yeah, top ten in PPR. Then sorry, yeah. my fault. Um, so yeah, so I definitely believe that he is definitely i don't know why i keep saying definitely so much i mean i said um, not kidding like the first half of this pod so <laughs> i i realized it too so i had to stop saying it but i won't leave you on the island there oh well uh but he's he he's gonna be fine if if you can get a scared Le'Veon owner right now i would i would just do everything i could to trade for him uh it's it's a no-brainer you're gonna you're gonna end up Loving him and looking smart for drafting him everywhere before the year's over. Um, next up, next up we have Kareem Hunt. We'll stay with the big names right now. Believe it or not, with Kareem Hunt, I believe it. Andy Reid produces RB ones yearly. When he has them, when he has a healthy back, all like, let's go like fourteen games. Because running backs do get hurt. We all know it. Ty Mont's one of them. That Kareem Hunt will be a top five running back by the end of the year still. I, I just do don't you... see the work. As long as, as long as he plays those games, I should say. As long as he plays 14 or more. Do you like, what do you like more? Him or the situation? I don't know if he'd do the same thing in a different situation. It, it really would depend on where he goes and what kind of situation he's placed in. But we knew going into KC that he that they needed a 
better running back, like West and Ware were okay for the last couple of years, but they didn't help them win ball games. Kareem Hunt helps this team win ball games easily compared mm-hmm. to those guys. He definitely runs better. Um, I think he's got like an obnoxious run, like yards per carry right now, like over five or even six yards through three games, which is pretty big for a college back or a rookie running back taking hits in the NFL. And I don't think he's taking a lot of them, to be honest. See, I, I believe in Kareem Hunt this year, and I believe if you're trying to win a league this year, especially like in a dynasty perspective, um, that, that he's a smash. He's going to finish, I agree with you, top five. He's number one overall running back right now. I, I don't think he will finish there. He, he might. It's. It, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. He but I think he will anymore. But he did after. It, yeah. After but, week one. Yeah, after week one, he had a huge lead. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's only up eleven over Todd Gurley. Uh, but his average right now is thirty-two a game, and mm-hmm. he hasn't put up less than twenty-five. But but I still think from a dynasty perspective, he. He's a sell for me. I, I still think that if you know if somebody is willing to trade you, trade you three first rounders for for Kareem Hunt, or even if you could get two two thousand, especially if they could be early first rounders, if you could turn Kareem Hunt into Saquon Barkley and some, oh, I would I would do that in in a heartbeat. I would do that so fast. It's I'm telling you that after this year. We'll see, but now, I wanna... sure this year is fine. It's it's all fine and dandy, but you know just because just because this year he's the dude in that offense doesn't mean Andy Reid is is planning on him to be their long term back. You know. All right, I want to know is your reasoning to selling him in dynasty right now because Smith may be gone next year and it might be Mahomes and we don't know what to expect with the rookie quarterback that they might just load the box. Is that what you're thinking? Is is that if Smith is gone, that Kareem Hunt's value decreases. I know, not often you're talking about Alex Smith being a value creator here, but he's. I'm just saying I don't know. Open up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just but, saying I don't know how safe Kareem Hunt's job really will be. I mean, not saying that Spencer Ware will come and and take his job, but I'm just saying they don't have a whole lot invested in him. And you know, if, if he goes and tweaks his ankle. And they, they would have no problem if somebody else comes in and starts producing for him to just, you know, be gone. You know, I, I don't think that they, they, they don't think of him how Arizona thinks of David Johnson. You know, he is not the lifeblood of that team. Without him, they can still win games. It's not going to be, the, you know, the end of their season losing him. Yeah. But I do believe in it. He's going to, he's going to, with that being said, he's going to win you leagues this year. Uh, Next, believe it or not, this one should be pretty easy. Tom Brady, do you believe that he's good at football? Yes. I mean, the GOAT, apparently Madden said. And we, but, for, but, for week but, one, we thought he was done, like, GOAT gone, like, see you later. And then week two and three, he's like, well, fuck you, Kansas City. Uh, let me just shit on everybody else we play for the next 15 weeks or 16 but, weeks. Okay, but but what? He's on pace for, it's, it's I believe, 364 50. yards a game. So yeah, so he's on pace for fifty-two touchdowns. Is that what it was, or Some, 40, something like that? He's something he's, zero interceptions. Yeah, so, zero interceptions. So do you believe? But but that's what I'm saying. Do you believe that that he's going to continue now through these two games? Is it just what we're going to see now? Uh, I think he still averages such a high number because they don't really have a great running back that's good between the tackles and outside. 
that they can just say, here, run the clock down for us. Um, Gillisley only had, I think, like 12 or 14 touches last week for like 30-something yards. And they were, I know they were in a shootout with Houston, but I just don't see them having a running game. And the way their defense has been playing these first three weeks, that they're going to need to pass it a lot. So I'm going to believe it. Yeah, it's it's Tom Brady, man. He's gonna he was he's my QB one. He's just the dude. They're they're so good. Patriots, Belichick, Brady. That's that's what is what what football's about. Um next one, a little curveball, Jermaine Curse. He is the wide receiver twenty right now. And obviously we're you know only through three weeks, but it's Definitely interesting. A guy that went undrafted and is still probably available in a fair amount of leagues is a wide receiver too right now. Are you are you believing that or not? I I want to believe that he could finish like low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, because that offense just put I think one of the guys you mentioned in like one of our first pods of Sharon Peak on the IR, <laughs> but they did just get like ASJ back from suspension. He did catch five or six targets, but I think that can only help open up the field for when they're down games. I know they that they're gonna they should be down majority of the games. They shouldn't have beat Miami the way they beat them, um, but they're they're definitely looking to move younger. McCown is pretty good at throwing to any of his wide receivers like all the time when he has some. Like Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey were who they were the year that they were good together because McCown was a quarterback. I think eight or nine of those games. And made them guys big because they were usually down because they were the Bears. Yeah, I agree with you to a point. I mean, McCown's of whatever. He's been a serviceable back, but he's also he he makes really bad decisions and he loses you a lot of games too. Yeah, it happens. I mean, but mm. that's probably why he's the quarterback right now, and they're expecting to lose. And because the the Jets, they're jetsing up the year. Well. I actually, I know it's not comfortable, and I know that it's not sexy, but I don't mind Jermaine Curse right now. If you're in a spot where you have to flex him on a weekly basis, I mean, this week I, I might start him over, like, Pierre Garçon. I would definitely start him over Pierre because Pierre's you know I mean? facing up against Patrick Peterson. It's just not a good matchup. No. But it's just it's just crazy to think that Jermaine Curse right now is is, is a wide receiver too. Uh, and all right, I got one. That, that's I got one. All right, let's let's hear it. Are you believing it? Or are you not believing it that Chris Thompson's number four overall in PPR? Oh come on, dude. That's an easy one. That's easy. Chris, is it yeah, really? Chris, is it really? Yes, easy? it's easy. Yes, it's easy. Chris Thompson is not. He's not an RB one. He's probably. Not gonna do jack shit this week and just piss everybody off. Um, I mean, he's he's good and he's he's good at what he does, but it's not like last week was his breakout week. Anybody that's seen him play knows what he's capable of, but he's not a, a running back. He's he's a passing back. And now now sure, if Washington wants to make him a part of their regular game plan, that's that that's one thing, but. Until we see more evidence of that, come on, man, he's not. Now, if, you, if you've got some dumbass wanting to sell him or want, wanting to buy him for for something ungodly, by all means, do it. But it's probably Chris Thompson's probably one of those guys that if you had him on your bench, 
last week that it whatever made you look smart because you already had him, but you're never really going to do anything with him. You're probably never going to start him, and you're probably never going to trade him. So just not not somebody that I'm too keen on. All right, I got two more, both quarterbacks. I want you All to right. take a guess at who you think I'm talking about real quick. Just make it quick. Two, okay. two guesses at quarterback that you that I think that you think I'm going to believe it or not. Okay. Give me two um, QBs. Two QBs. I'll go the first one. Has to be Jared Goff. Close, but no cigar. Case Keenum. No, neither of those. Damn. But all right, are you believing Alex Smith as the number two quarterback right now? And over like number two quarterback, just are you believing it? Do you think he okay. stays top so, five? So I, I don't think he stays top five, but I it would not shock me at all if he end, ends the year as a QB one. He's I've been, I've been streaming Alex Smith for a lot for years, man. I mean he's he's somebody that is has never been never been a deep ball guy. He's never, you know, targeted. I mean, you know, he literally went a whole season without throwing a touchdown to a wide receiver, but in certain spots and in certain games, he's been able to smash and he's been able to throw, you know, I mean, he is at the end of the day is still a professional quarterback in the national football league. And he's capable of throwing for 300 yard games game, (laughs) but, but no, he's not going to end that high. And, and I, I highly doubt their game plan is for him to throw the ball 30-plus times. But he he could end it as a QB1, but I would much rather stream him from week to week as opposed to a weekly starter. All right, my next one and last one is Matt Ryan. Are you believing that he's quarterback 14 in a QB2, or are you seeing him higher? I mean, I, I definitely I, – he's going to end up higher, but – I guess one of our problems with doing this right now, quarterback is a position that's so, so close from, from, you know, basically fourth to 20th that next week, Matt Ryan could be the QB six. So, so it it definitely is. Yeah. From fourth to uh, 20th is a total of 18 point different uh, to just get to top five, four, Matt Ryan, he has to outscore Carson Wentz or Drew Brees by at least uh, ten points, by 12, 12 points to get to top four. That's so. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's not that's not impossible. I mean, that's another Julio Jones long touchdown, and which apparently, which apparently, yeah, you know, say which apparently, you know, he doesn't score touchdowns. It's not happening but, yet. <laughs> so, but, so you're saying yeah, I mean, Matt not Ryan, Matt Ryan next week. He'll he'll be fine. That Atlanta offense is still just so good. I mean, really, what's the only thing that's hurting him is Devontae Freeman is so fucking good, man. Devontae Freeman gets such a bad rap because everybody wants to compare him and Coleman. When in reality, they should be comparing him to Le'Veon Bell and Kareem Hunt and LaShawn McCoy and all the greatest because he might be, I mean, at this point, I mean, through three games, he might be the best running back in the league, performance-wise. So that that would be the only concern that I would have about Matt Ryan is that Devontae Freeman is just going to smash and run for three touchdowns a game, but it's probably not very likely. <laughs> no, I, I, he's just so small. Like, yeah, he's he's built, he's big running back, but he's small. It doesn't matter though, man. It, it doesn't. It, it who cares? He's already shown us that it does not matter. 
guys who were top three last week, last year, were Zeke and Bell, and they're not even in top twelve at this point. And I know it's still early, but Freeman's top five still, and then the other top third running back was DJ, and he's gone. So, yeah, Freeman's RB one season is going to come down to between I think like number one overall running back is going to be between Kareem and Todd and him Melvin's a sneaky candidate for it man oh, all he can do he is, is score touchdowns he can't even run all he can do is score touchdowns He's that's not a bad thing to do yards a carry oh my god it's so bad oh we don't have time to we don't have time no, to talk we don't. about we don't do you do you actually watch have you ever watched melvin gordon play football have you ever actually have watched, you watched him, run? him run it's bad in the nfl all wisconsin running backs are bad have you watched him run though have you ever actually watched him play i watched him run to the locker room with the bone bruise dude if you think melvin gordon is bad at football then you need to reassess how you watch football because he's not, I'm telling well, you. Well, if you already think I need to reassess how I watch football, you need to reassess your friends. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. Uh, all right, let's move on to our last segment. Uh, another another one of our new segments called Just Cut Him Already. Pretty self-explanatory. These are guys that we're just, we're just tired of it, man. We're just tired of, of messing around with them and ready for – team they're on to just cut him so he can either go somewhere else or just quit giving us a headache. So, AJ, do you want to start or you want me to? Just cut Mike Glennon already. <laughs> oh. He's so bad. I don't care how many like turnovers were his fault or not last week or Thursday against the Bears. But, geez, every time I looked up, Green Bay had the ball and they were like inside the 30 to begin the drive. And I'm just like, what, what happened? And I look and all of a sudden... Oh, look at guy in his face, ball going the other way, or fumbled snap, or this and that. It's just like, what? what is what happened? I thought he was supposed to be okay, like $14 million worth. I would have rather have paid the extra $2 million to have Smoke and Jay lead the Bears with his non-emotional ass. Like, I would have paid for that. I would have made the $2 million sacrifice if I had the money. Like, the the production was not there. I don't know what they saw to give him fourteen mil, and they're just complete morons. <laughs> Fuck Chicago and the Bears. Uh, yeah, I, I get that one. I understand that one, and there are millions of Bears fans that agree with you. You're not kidding. Everybody's on my Facebook <laughs> talking about give the kid a chance, give the kid a chance. <laughs> but then again, I'm like, you really want him to go down there and like maybe lose confidence because. I don't even know who the fucking wide receivers are for the Bears because they're so fucking bad. Like, don't play don't play Jordan Howard or Tariq Cohen. Just let them sit and get their paychecks and keep them for next year when you can draft a wide receiver that can last more than two games without going on the IR for the season. And I'm, I'm talking about you, Kevin White. I hope you hear this. All right, well, I'm going. I hope you hear that. <laughs> hey, that's my West Virginia boy. Be easy, be easy. He, he uh, is soft. I don't think it's him that's soft. I think it's just his hamstrings and his calf muscles. Sounds I'm going. I, I'm starting with my just cut him already. I'm going with the most obvious, with, with the one that everybody loves to hate, with the one that's been tormenting us for years. Just cut Jeremy Hill already. Oh, why did I know this was What coming? are you doing, Cincy? What are you doing? Like, 
And I mean, I understand. We play couch GMs. We sit here and we think we know everything and we think we can do it better and we think that that offensive coordinator sucks, that GM sucks, whatever. But what the fuck, man? How how bad can Jeremy Hill look for how long until these team until they just say, "Okay, you know what? Since he we got to get rid of him. We we got to cut his ass. We need somebody else that that actually knows how to run a football." And I mean, I'm hoping with this new offensive coordinator that it'll change. But I mean, dude, just just cut his ass. It, we're over it. We're we're tired of fucking looking at him. It's it's done. Cut him. Yeah, just cut cut the umbilical cord. Guy, my next guy that they need to cut already is New Orleans Saints own now Adrian Peterson. Damn it! Fucking no. cut him. That was my next one. Get him out of New Orleans. Uh. He wasn't there, but then they covered it up by saying it's an injury. Was it really an injury, or is he still pissed that he only saw, like, nine snaps? Um, I mean, he said, I didn't come here for nine snaps. I mean, it, that's kind of exactly what he went there for, isn't it? They, they, he Ten, knew uh, that Ingram was there. It's not like Ingram wasn't already signed there. It's not like when they, they went out and signed Ryan Matthews, when the Eagles oh, went out and signed Ryan Matthews and then still signed DeMarco Murray. It's not that same situation. Ingram well, see, was already there. Clearly, Adrian Peterson doesn't play fantasy football because if he did, he would have known that the Saints preferred to spread out their usage over their entire offense. So one running back is not going to get a lot of work. You know? No, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they like to pass. Drew Brees is not like, let me hand it off to you, motherfucker. No, he's like, let me get my stats, and you're going to fucking sit here and pass block, all right? And you can't even do that. So you need to be cut already. Yeah, he just needs to hurry up, get cut. Go be, become a Patriot, win a Super Bowl, and retire into the sunset. Yeah, end up like Jared Allen riding a fucking steed off into the sunset. With <laughs> literally, literally. Um, well, since you took my other one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the easy route and the cheap route. And Sounds whatever. like a typical Joel move. And I'm going with Blake Bortles. I mean, I I know we hate him, and I know it's easy to hate him, but dude, come on, just he, cut him. Just cut him. Just fuck. Just cut him. I mean, who cares? At this point, if Jacksonville cut him, I'm not sure what would be more embarrassing. Whenever he gets cut, or whenever he fucking clears waivers and nobody else picks his dumb ass up. I mean, he he has this team that that could first off, they could be a playoff team. They could they could be good. I mean, they've got they've got a a really solid defense, uh, a very good running back that you know, obviously has a bright future ahead of him. And, you know, Allen Robinson getting hurt, whatever. The, the receiver, the receiving core isn't great. But other than their quarterback, they look very good on paper. And we're just, I mean, how long are they going to do this Blake Bortles charade? Next year, are they going to really try and do this again and try and convince us that, oh, no, now he's really made us taking a step forward. Just fucking cut his ass. Didn't they pick <laughs> up his fifth-year option because he was a first-round pick? Didn't they do that over the year? Dude, it probably i'm sure they did um i really don't i don't know and i don't care to know because just cut him just cut him i think i we i mean we already talked about kevin white but you could just cut him too because <laughs> he's not staying on the field i think i had another one and i have to find it but really why is he still on that bears team like i know they spent they don't want to be wrong that they got a seventh round pick and or spent a seventh overall pick on him or whatever the fuck he was drafted at. Not worth it. My next just cut him is... That was good filler. Rashad, that was good filler. 
<laughs> Perryman. He has Perryman. one point or one and a half points through three weeks, and they were talking about how good he's looking, all this other nonsense. Fucking go out and sign Macklin, decrease his value, and he still sucks. That whole Baltimore Falcon or Baltimore Falcons, Baltimore Ravens offense is <laughs> trash. Um Macklin got her concussion. They gave, they scored like seven points against the Jaguars. Um I don't even know who they play this week because they're fucking garbage. I'm not starting anybody on that team. It's just they play the, they play the they play the Steelers this week, and you don't like yourself some Buck Allen. No, I'm not paying. Me and Nick talked about the Buck Buck. He said this was his last the Buck truck. Sorry, Nick. Um, the Buck truck. <laughs> yeah, the Buck truck. Um, he said this is his last week on him. I I started him thinking that he would do a lot better than he did last week as an RB two and. I highly I bit that bullet pretty well um, because I had Amir. I think Amir did okay. Um, I think he did better than Buck Truck, but I had Chris Carson on my bench too, and mm. he did fairly well against Tennessee. And I mean that was a high scoring game, but they need to cut Perriman already. They cut that cord. Yeah, and, and all of these are probably way overreactions, and and obviously we you know are talking. From from the perspective of a fantasy owner, so if you want to come at me on Twitter, that's fine. I'll just call you an idiot. So, it's it's not a big deal. Um, I think that's all my just cutems for now. I'll probably have fifteen more next week. Do you, you have any anybody else you want want to see uh, on the streets? That's a rough one. <laughs> that's a rough one. Yeah, um, not the NFL. He's like not in the NFL, but I've got I've got plenty of other people I'd like to see. Uh, um. Potential, Let's move on. potential Let's move on. just cut him is Tyler Eifert so gifted, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah. What? It's, it doesn't make sense. Like, just cut him. Get somebody else in there because you can't rely on him. You can't play him week to week because he's either boom or bust. It's one of those guys you got to crapshoot on and really keep him on your roster if you got two tight end leagues. I don't. I don't hate that one. I've got. I own so much Eifert, but yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. He's never ever healthy. Uh, do we want to go ahead and move on to questions? We kind of already answered the one question of the JHI ordeal. That was one of our questions we had. Um, our other question was, do we believe like what Amari Cooper? What's going on with him right now? Or um, is he a buy candidate? Or is he stay? But let me read the exact question that we got. And it says right now that is Amari Cooper's value, did it take a hit due to the continued drops and uneven performance? Or is he a buy candidate? I think, honestly, he's a buy candidate. I'll, I'll take the panic owners. The kid's like 22 or 23 years old. Uh, Cooper Cup, I think, is older than him. Uh, some other rookies that just entered the league are older than him. I think he's definitely a buy candidate. It's if you're in dynasty, even I potentially almost buy him in redraft too, but it's going to be a little harder because people paid such a price. Um, but dynasty picks, I mean, guys will see like Chris Thompson and somebody else in like a first. I would do it. I'd sell Chris Thompson a first and something else for Amari Cooper because he's still oh got well, so, yeah, no shit. He's still got so much shit left in him. You should. Um, that I would buy him, buy him low. And see what kind of crapshoot offers you could send, and take advantage. Yeah, absolutely. If you can, if you can buy him, if you can get a, a panicked owner, 
Uh, I would absolutely buy him if you can. In redraft, actually, I'm looking to buy him. I think that this second half of this year, you know, he's still going to get six to eight touchdowns. He's he's still going to pop off and probably end as at least close to a wide receiver one. Um, but that being said, I don't have an issue if if you want to take Amari and if somebody thinks they're being sneaky and buying him high. And what I mean by that is, you know, basically paying what what his value is. I may do that. If I could get a, a serviceable receiver and some draft picks for Amari right now, it, it wouldn't be the worst sell. I mean, you know, especially if, if you can get somebody that, that is, you know, a, a rookie receiver. I mean, if you get get a package deal or something. But overall, I'm probably not selling Amari, but uh, unless I could really sell him high. All right, another question we got. Guaranteed point-producing D that aren't the big names. New England, Titans, Baltimore, or Falcons? I don't know their matchups right now, but I'm about to go look. Um, unless you already got it loaded up, Joel. Which D are you looking at that could be a guaranteed point producer? Uh, say those say those defenses for me one more time. Patriots, Titans, Ravens, or Falcons? Uh, I, actually, I really like the Ravens this week. Uh, against, you know, Steelers in Baltimore... Uh, it's a pretty good, pretty good spot for them. I really, really don't like New England at all because New England has just been bad, man. They've been, they've been just one of the worst defenses in the league, almost in every category. So, uh, I think the Ravens, their defense is good. Who, I'm sorry, who are the other two that you said? Titans and Falcons. Titans match up with the Texans. Yeah, yeah, with Texans and then Falcons play the Bills. Yeah, it's it's the Ravens for me there. I'm actually playing the Ravens all over in daily fantasy. Uh, in on DraftKings, they're only three thousand three thousand dollars, and I, I think that you know at this point I, I've fought it long enough. But the Steelers just don't seem to play as well on the road, and and these Ravens games, Ravens Steelers are just they're always dog fights. They're always always hard fought hard nosed 10 to 6 and the ravens i think are are by far the safest defense there and i think the ravens are the safest defense if you want to take um potentially a like take a big risk i would take the falcons because they're playing the bills and they the bills scored yes they scored against the broncos 26 points but against the panthers they only scored 3 points um, Vic Beasley is my biggest concern, though, in the Falcons' defense because he is a big, big problem to deal with. Again, when you're protecting your pass rush, um, but Steelers bad are—I don't want to say Steelers are bad on the road. I want to say it's Big Ben. Big Ben's like historically yeah. bad on the road. Like his stats, his home road splits are bad. Yeah, uh, everybody knows that. And but it's it's still, I, I still man, it's it's rough saying that. Oh yeah, bet against Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, but Ravens defense is is very good. Gets a good spot. You know, there's people that are a lot smarter than me that are saying it's it's a good it's a good spot. So I, I'm just just trusting trusting what I know and and going with it. Falcons are at home too, and they're favored eight points right now. So I almost want to say that that could be a good play there. Um, I actually kind of think that Ravens are actually the dogs in this one. 
by three yeah. points. Or, I actually yeah. kind of think – I actually almost think that Bills-Falcons game is a sneaky shootout game. I think that could actually end up being a, a higher higher point total than people think. Um, uh, if you want safe play, I would take the Ravens. If you want the boomer bust play, I'm taking Falcons. Mm-hmm. I know we want a guaranteed D here to point produce, but I'm I would take Falcons um, just as – one of my get lucky picks or get lucky plays. Well, I think we have uh, another successful pod in the books. Uh, we'll go ahead and do our last word. Uh, you want to go ahead and go with your final thought, AJ? You can go ahead and start off. Uh, my final thought is your name's about to be bitching next week because <laughs> the Chargers are going to lose. But uh, breakout guys, I mean, the guys that you paid your big price for that you're not seeing the production for yet, I'm going to say they're going to show out this week. It's, it's a hot take for sure. Um, I don't think Case Keenum's going to do what he did last week and that Diggs might he, – he'll still perform. He'll probably be wide receiver two numbers. I don't think he does what he did last week. Um, but th- that's my final words. I don't have too much to say. I'm going to let it play out and just pretty much give us a nice recap next week. Oh, well, take, my... a look, take a look at my start sits. Uh, follow them. Yes, yes. Take take a look at them. Follow them. If you got those players, start them. If you have those guys that sit, you need to sit. I was right on Zach Miller. I think he had like five points. Aaron Rodgers did his thing, which was kind of just like a get me through quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Well, my final, my last words. Um, whenever you're watching football on Sundays and you have as many fantasy leagues as me or AJ or Nick, don't spend time staring at your phone or your computer watch the games watch the actual football you'll have more fun i promise sure maybe check in after the games are over you know now if if you have a guy that gets hurt and you have to make a late swap or something obviously do that but it's it's so much more fun we do this because we love to watch football so just put your machines down and watch football i promise you it will be It'll be liberating. You'll be watching going, oh, my God, I'm not worrying about the score. I'm just watching my players. So so that's my, my last words. Um, well, I could agree with you there is because you'll actually learn more from players that you that are either like sleepers or not fully developed yet by watching the games instead of watching your, your stats because you'll get a head up on the other, the other guys in your league or girls, whoever they are. Uh, you'll get a head up on them, and you'll start getting more – You'll start seeing other players become more gain value over the season that could potentially break out because there's always that one week in the season where there's a breakout star and you'll be the one that knows first because you've been watching games instead of your phone. Absolutely. You start watching box scores, you'll you'll figure out how to win the week last week. Yep. Well, thanks again. Uh, we can find AJ at C-H-X-C-K-E-N Alfredo on Twitter. Uh, you can find me, Joel Davis, at JoelD260 on Twitter. Uh, we want to give a shout-out to FFDynasty260.com for promoting our stuff, and we will talk to you all again soon. You can find us, our whole podcast, on Twitter at NPO260. And thanks, Aaron, for helping us out. Peace out, folks. Till next week. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the new pod order. Presented by FFD260.